Guys and ladies, welcome back to uh, Journey with Go International. We've got, of course, George again. Um, and last week, George, we were talking about um, the the kind of inception of of, of of you into this world of balloons, starting uh, life as a broker, and then, of course, moving into the world of, of balloons. And I really wanted to kind of pick up upon some of the um, interesting parts of, of the journey. Uh, we've not heard all of it, but let's let's begin by in in the last time we spoke, you specifically mentioned the first ever product that you had shipped by air, sea, or land. It took forever basically to get to the UK, and I think it was I think it was a talking ribbon that you spoke of, and that you were selling this product potentially door to door and doing telesales. Do you have it with you by any chance? Because I'd absolutely love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, scoured the warehouse. It took me an hour to find them. Um, <laughs> but I was determined to find some of these for you. And who knows, this could be the start of the resurgence of the talking balloon. Uh, um, so here is the product, which is a very thin piece of plastic. It's about two foot long, super, which uh, was the birth of Go International. Um, in fact, back then we talked, we called ourselves Go International Stroke Talking Balloons. Um, so... This is what we have. It is a okay. piece of ribbon. It's approximately two foot long. It has grooves on one side. I actually attached a couple onto a balloon for you so I can demonstrate the product. So you'd attach the ribbon onto the back of the balloon. Okay. You would use your thumbnail as a needle. You'd yep. slide your needle down. This one says happy birthday. Yep. <laughs> and the one I put next to it is a laughing ribbon. So this is a talking balloon. The end. Um, the as end. I'm sure you can see, with that product alone, I was set to make my fame and fortune and never have to worry about a bill in my life again because they would fly out the door and secure the future of George and his family forever and ever. Um, regrettably, that wasn't the case. Uh, we are very, very British in, in how we sell. We still are, even though we've evolved tremendously. Products like this, demo products especially, are the uh, sole domain, in my opinion, of the Americans. They know how to sell like you wouldn't believe. When I first saw this product demoed in a shopping mall in the States, the kind of interest it created, the interaction that the demonstrators were having with their customers was phenomenal. And of course, I thought wow. we could replicate that in the UK. Okay. Um, but it's, it's very, very different when you have the confidence of um, an American professional seller jumping in front of you and presenting themselves with a bunch of balloons and starting to play this for you and getting the interaction. The Americans are used to that. Whereas us in the UK kind of tapping someone on the shoulder and saying, excuse me, would, would, would you like to hear a talking balloon? Uh, and most of the comments weren't exactly something I'd like to repeat on air. Okay. Uh, so that was really the start of talking balloons. It was a hard sell, but it introduced us into something which I could see the potential in. And, and that's how we re really grew the product range from there. Uh, in the beginning, most of these suppliers that were based or most of the manufacturers, especially based in the UK, and only two worth talking about, had a very small network of five distributors. Okay. And they didn't want any more. It was, it was a close-knit network where they wanted to kind of protect each other and protect what they had. You know, fast forward 25 plus years, we've now got 155 distributors. Of the original five back then, only two of us remain uh, because the industry has, wow. has, I'd like to say evolved, but it, it's changed. It's changed beyond okay. all recognition. It used to be very, very difficult to get involved in this industry as a supplier, as an approved supplier, because... I think we have to prove ourselves in our apprenticeship and our route to market. These days, anyone with a few foot of, of, of wall space can quite easily become a distributor in this industry, and, and more and more are. Uh, it's become not necessarily a fast track, but it's become a nice introduction to a market which is growing. It's still growing phenomenally well. But I think it's, it's changed from where it was, which is a nice kind of close-knit 
specialist market into a mass market now where the priority has become making a profit rather than the, the priority being growing an industry. Okay. Okay, interesting. And wow, you, you mentioned a couple of key words that were really interesting. You didn't use the word, well, no, you, you evolved, changed. Uh, that's the first thing I'd like to talk about. And then okay. the, I think, five distributors, uh, then it's grown to 150 plus and only two, I think you said, from the originals remain. So, so let's talk first of all about the evolved versus change. Could you kind of unpack what you mean and what that means for the, the balloon industry and, and, and what that meant for you? Yeah, um, from, the five that, from the five that started, I think um, it was a case of having a virgin industry where there wasn't that much going on. We were growing at a relatively comfortable pace. We were seeing great sales figures. We were doing more stuff like exhibiting. We were all doing the same stuff, give or take a nth degree. You know, we were more proactive in the in the online market, well, not online, in the uh, telesales marketing side of things and doing stuff that others weren't doing. Um, but the industry is pretty much owned by American manufacturers. And without making it sound too derogatory, the Americans want to see sales figures. They're driven by sales figures. And sometimes they don't really care how that happens as long as they see great sales figures. And they wanted to protect what they had in the UK market because they saw UK as yep. a tremendous springboard to the rest of Europe, which it has been. Okay. And that has been at the cost of really keeping that specialist element of what we do. Okay. Um, the, our biggest market was really the decorating market. We had guys and girls out there doing weddings and themed events and it was a very specialist thing in a sense that they'd come along learn how to do this stuff to do training fast forward now we have how-to videos on youtube so you've got the general public looking at youtube videos which i'm totally against i don't think we should have how-to videos at all because it is something we should try and protect the americans still want to see the growth of the market so again they're consistently putting pressure on us to kind of up our figures and, and get more product out there um a, a typical example is only only just for christmas there's a great brand of latex that's come to the UK. Um, it's been here before, but it's actually being launched by one of the major manufacturers now. Okay. And rather than, rather than giving it to the specialist manufacturers, or the, sorry, should I say the specialist wholesalers to play with it, you know, the party specialists that know the industry, that know the decorators that train on a regular basis, they've given it to a wholesaler that really is more interested in volume sales. Okay. So again, they've had exclusives for three months. It's being made available to a select few in the next month or so. But that's what I kind of struggle with, the fact that I'm trying to promote and protect an industry and keep it professional. But with the influx of noise, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, be it whatever, with the influx of noise and the influx of interest, it's not always being protected the way it should be. You know, we're taking and, and of course, we're all here to make it make a living. There's no doubt about it. But we're putting profit above the art. And I still believe balloon is an art. I mean, you know, the, the association is balloon artists and suppliers. It's an art form that should be built on, expanded on, our training should continue to evolve. Um, and it's, it's difficult to do that when you know, anyone with a five-pound note can go online and buy balloons and make out their balloon decorator. It sounds like it's become a really complex marketplace with the advent, as you said, of the how-to videos was an interesting one that you mentioned, the preferential treatment perhaps there is sometimes uh, of sales, volume sales, above and beyond um, the specialism that is, you know, the balloon industry. And uh, how do you, I assume, deal with perhaps people that say, well, George, you know, do we change with the times? Invariably, some element of us has to, 
but there must be that invariable kind of paradigm of the how-to videos are out there, the volume sales. So, so, so how is it that someone kind of in this marketplace can can adjust and, and what have you done? Because I assume, of course, that, you know, telesales is something that doesn't work. I, I don't know. It doesn't work for the industry. But, but how have you had to, to, to adapt and what can you do to both adapt but still preserve some of those core values? Well, we're still continuing to grow, which is great. Um, you know, year in, year out, we're continuing to grow our industry and continue to grow our market share. Um, and, and that really is by, I wouldn't say re-educating, but it really is. Again, we, we touched on it briefly last week. It really is about relationships. Uh, if we become, and again, I think I mentioned it before, this this um, comparison website where we've got a product and you've got a product and all it is is a couple of pictures and the price yeah. breakdown, then the cheapest price always wins but but if we are actually selling the concept of what we are and what we do and what we're trying to achieve more importantly if if, if the relationship doesn't stop with the selling of the product but starts with the selling of the product that's yep. the first interaction you have with your customer if they generally see the efforts that you are putting into trying to help their business grow yep. then you do score brownie points I mean, why does everyone go self-employed why does everyone want to be their own boss it, you know, the two words that always come to mind when you want to do this is freedom Yep. And money. Uh, how's that working out for you? Kind of both go in different directions. All of a sudden, your freedom's gone. You're working more hours than you ever have before. You're the bottle washer. You're the toilet cleaner. You're, the, you're everything you're meant to be. When it comes to money, most people in this industry actually take a dip in money when it comes to starting a business in the, in the initially. Yep. Uh, the dropout rate is in the region of 92% in the wow. first year because it's so easy to get involved with. You know, they see... They see the, the great stuff being done. They see the huge corporations doing tremendously well, and they want a chunk of that. Um, but they don't realize that there's a lot of work involved as well. So going self-employed and going into the party industry, we've got a number of people I could point you in their direction doing tremendously well, but regrettably the vast majority are still dabbling. Um, and it, beca it becomes a dabbler's market. As we said, you, know, you buy a few balloons, you buy a bottle of gas, all of a sudden you're a balloon decorator, you do your friends, you do your, your, your relatives' weddings or whatever for them. And then all of a sudden you realize that, what do I do next? Where does the marketing come into it? How do I promote my business? And that's always been our strength. We always look at the marketing of your business. We always try and help our customers look at what's next rather than just kind of say, well, here's your product. See you later. Goodbye now. And, and that's why we have continued to grow. Of course, we don't win them all. There are always people out there that are shopping on price and nothing but price. Yeah. And regrettably, in most of the cases, they are the ones that are part of that 90, 95% that fail in the first year because any business you go into, it's not purely balloons. It has changed. It has you know, everything is becoming about. I think. I think the best thing I can, I can give you is an analogy that I was told years ago when I was studying law. I was told that the right person doesn't always win. It's the person with the best story that wins. Okay. So it's learning to tell your best story, and everyone should have a best story. If you're doing something, you've got to. And again, I think there is something out there called what's your why. You've got to know what your yeah. why is. And, and understanding that, and I certainly understand what my why is, I can tell you exactly why I do this, but understanding what your why is and understanding that the groundwork you need to do and also that ongoing development that needs to happen, and not just looking at a video, video but just going out there and spending money and doing the legwork and learning your art and learning your yeah. trade needs to be done. And that's what we can continually kind of pushing in what I do especially, is you know, let's train you, let's help you, let's not just give you the product, let's give you the marketing ideas, let's, let's teach you how to do something like this let's teach you how to do something like an email campaign yeah irrespective of what it is you know, you've got to have different pillars within your business and so many depend on just that one pillar and when that starts to teeter it's easy to lose confidence and lose direction what was the uh what was the why that your 
surname is, of course, a dead giveaway, Stianis. What was the why that you gave to your parents when you said, Mum, I'm leaving my job to be a broker and I'm going to go and sell balloons? What was your why then? <laughs> I think my why is why are you disowning me? Um, yeah, fr- from a, a traditional Greek family, uh, from where I come from especially, you have you have two options. You either become a doctor okay. or you become a lawyer. Okay. Um, if you're not that bright, you can become an accountant and get away with it. <laughs> and it, it gives them great bragging rights within a church that their son is a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant. So God forbid that they're going to tell everyone at the church that their son sells balloons for a living. Um, and even to this day, I, if I'm totally honest with you, I don't think my father's ever forgiven me because uh, or forgiven me. Because, uh, sorry, Mr. Stianis, if you're watching, (laughs) absolutely, Uh, and it it doesn't matter what I've done, there's an element of uh, he sells balloons, and uh, you know, unless you look at the total package, it's really really difficult. I mean, I I kind of redeemed myself because my son is a great lawyer in the city, and Uh, my daughter is a GP now, she's a doctor and a very well recognized and respected GP, so I kind of gave my parents a doctor and a lawyer, so they kind of kind of took off the pressure on me. Um, but my big why is quite simply, I, I didn't like the corporate world. Uh, it, it was great in the beginning. We were doing some, you know, really fun stuff in the eighties in, in the city. It was just, it was crazy. Um, but it wasn't a lifestyle, you know, the burnout's hard. Um, and it's nothing you you want to continue doing. Of course, the money was good. Without a shadow, that was good. But I, I touched on it again. I'm, I'm, I'm unemployable. No one will employ me. Um, you know, I have these ideas. We wonder why. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but we have these ideas and these things we want to do, and I've just got to run with it. And yeah. sometimes I do hit a brick wall, and sometimes I fall down, and it doesn't really worry me. But once I kind of get that bee in my bonnet, I kind of want to push the boundaries a little bit and do stuff that no one's ever done before. And, and I enjoy that. And when you're employed, it was great being a broker because we'd go in at 9 o'clock in the morning, we'd be yeah. given our files, we'd go across to the trading floor, and off we'd go, and we'd never see anyone. Yeah. You know, many hours in the wine bar and other such places where a lot of business was done. It wasn't just drinking. Um, and that was fine. But but as you progress up the ladder and, you, and you're more seated behind your desk, I wasn't enjoying that too much. So my why was, look, you know, let me fly. Let me do what I want to do. Um, I was still young enough at the time that if I did fail drastically, I was still had a door where I could go back. Um, I'd still hoped I'd go back even when I hit my later, later years, but I didn't. Uh, and, and it didn't really, as I said, it didn't really matter what we achieved from my parents' perspective. I mean, they are tremendously proud. Obviously, they are. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, they, didn't, they wanted a different title to give me in church of a balloon seller, I guess. So you know, my big why is because I had to. I, I had to prove that I could do this on my own. Um, growing up, again, as, as, as a Greek family, we were tremendously protected. Uh, we, we went... We, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but very few. We, yeah, we, they We're going to pick up on this story because okay. I'm fascinated, especially just from my own perspective as being, you know, a British Indian and, and wondering how that has all played out in respect of, you know, uh, role models and, you know, what your, your, your children have gone on to do. Successful lawyer, successful GP, fantastic. Um, and, and, and also potentially, you know, how you introduce yourself at the various dinner parties where there are your <laughs> balloons at the events that you do go to and, you know, how you become to be known in the industry. Our 15 minutes is up today, George. That was fantastic. What I'd like to um, finish up with is for um you, you want to buy some talking balloons don't you you want to buy you want to place an order for talking balloons can i, I place I an order for talking balloons and could you also in a kind of 60 second kind of pitch what what's your number one piece of advice to fend off against that failure rate that you spoke about in your first year for someone who says i like the look of this i think i could make some money here 
what would you give the advice to someone who approaches you um, that's you know just set up shop and they're eager or they're just talking sales figures with you? I'm going to go back to Nabus. I'd say join Nabus, a national association of balloon artists and suppliers, um, for the simple reason there is such a strong support mechanism within that group yep. that all those burning questions you have in the very, very beginning are answered for you. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to kind of evolve through training and we want to immerse people in a group of people that have been on that journey before them, probably at the same time as them, that can really help them grow and really give them the support that they need in the very beginning. Yeah, okay. Makes complete sense. So everybody, if you're listening, uh, we'll be back uh, next week for another 15 minutes on uh, the journey of Go International. Thank you, George, again. And um, did bring another prop yet again for next time. That was my favorite part. <laughs>